Look at that. Sorry we're late, everyone. Uh, we had some tech issues, but now everything is good as gold. Yeah, I am just doing a hot little social media post to let all of our followers know that we are back in action. So awesome. kick it off, Ren. All right. It's five o'clock somewhere, so that means the garbage collectors are coming to take out the trash, but we won't throw you out. Welcome to Your Trash Pals Podcast, a podcast about comics, art, culture, and whatever little bits of trash we found while picking through the garbage bin. I'm Van Notes. And I'm Ren. So, Ren, how are you doing today? I'm good. I was a little frazzled with the tech stuff not working, and then, like, as right before we did our intro, it froze again for me, and I was like, oh my god, is this really happening? But... It it didn't. Well, it did happen, but it, now it's fixed. And my mic is working, and your mic is working, and we're having a special guest today. So I'm honestly, all in all, I'm good. I'm solid. Our beloved fans, um, two gay dads and no kids, um, are so excited to hear us right now. So excited to hear our wonderful voices. So uh, funny. Would you say you're feeling like trash or treasure today? treasure absolute treasure i'm also like doing this thing where i'm trying to stop doing negative self-talk uh, where i'm like oh instead of being like oh i'm dumb or oh i'm an idiot just being like allowing myself to like make a mistake and not make a big deal out of it so i'm on permanent treasure mode unless something happens or i forget permanent treasure mode permanent treasure mode. Like locked in Sounds like the Captain Toad treasure tracker level we were promised but never got. <laughs> uh, I need to finish that game. I really got into that game over the pandemic, I think, or right before the pandemic. It, it ate up way too much of my time. There's like five levels, so... <laughs> what? There's like a bunch of levels! I mean, there was like five levels when it came out initially, and then many many more came out subsequently but so at the beginning it felt like there was five levels to that game that's really so, funny either that or we game in very different ways maybe um, i'm just a really bad <laughs> like i'm just replaying levels without realizing it i'm trying to remember i feel like there were a bunch of levels but it's been like a really long time yeah i i tend to game very intensely when i do yeah. game like very like i'm like i want all the coins i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna knock all these levels out um which is maybe why i struggle with jrpgs because there's no way to do that versus a mario yeah i like jrpgs a lot i'm much more of a slow gamer it takes me a long time to finish a game uh because i just like like to explore and just like just see what all my options are. See what all the all the hidden dialogues and secret dialogue trees and whatever. I and also I'm like so like I don't want to be mean to anyone. So I'll like re. I, I'm a save scummer. I'll admit it. I'll like replay certain sections if I'm like, oh, I said something mean to this NPC. I don't like how this could turn out. Like I've been playing Whoa. Baldur's Gate. Yeah, I've been playing Baldur's Gate. 
I've got hundreds of hours clocked in on that game. Uh, just way too many to be not that far into it. I didn't know you were a Baldur's Gate person. I am. All you've been talking about is Minecraft. It's so true. I didn't know you were romancing. I I think I, it's embarrassing. I was playing Baldur's Gate like really, really intensely. So much so that when I went to visit our special guest today, uh, like last month, we were just in her house and I had my dear friends near me and I was like, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm trying to romance this bear. I'm busy. Um, like and a real bear? No, like or a guy a who turns bear. into a bear. A bisexual bear. It's it's or a chicken turns into a bear. Like a big guy who turns into a bear. Oh, like a Bjorn from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, his here, I'll I can show you a picture actually. His name is Falcon. He's 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 the object of my affection. I'm like this. actively like if I'm actively getting embarrassed as I'm talking about it. We had a whole script, but we've devolved into Baldur's Gate Bear Talk. I, this is what it's all about. Here he is. Oh, man of my heart and my dreams. This is not for me. This is not really. For me. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. That's this so funny. is this is non twink Legolas. That's not what I'm here for. Don't say that. He's not Legolas. I don't even. He's, okay. Well, before I before like, I haven't even seen or read the Lord of the Rings, so you could be right. I just don't know. But he's a brunette. It's it's like the twink to twunk like pipeline. Like definitely like Legolas like went to the gym, stopped dying, stopped like bleaching his hair. Started like drinking a lot of protein shakes, uh, got into lifting rather than cardio. That's so funny. He's a big guy, and I, uh, I'm like, wow, I want to, you know, romance this character. He's, I can't believe you're I, saying this about the bear that I am choosing to marry. It might be because one of my greatest, um, greatest like disappointments with mm -hmm. the Lord of the Rings franchise was the development where my favorite character Bayorn from mm -hmm. the Hobbit he's a werebear right like yeah and he he's like in my mind he was like just this big handsome burly like muscle bear type and he when he shows up on screen he's like this raggedy weird tall dude who's like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine but like not hot um so and it wasn't any fault of the actors it was definitely like a like a weird just my mind not matching Peter mm -hmm. Jackson's desire to stymie my You're yeah. so funny. I think also like you are a tall person like how tall are you mm -hmm. I'm 6'3 Exactly. I'm four nine. And the sight of this like super tall, big old guy, I'm like, he can open jars for me. He can reach the cabinets. He can do all these things that I can't do. Like, 
it, where I live right now, I have to stand on my tiptoes to open the microwave. It is, it is the hardest part of my morning. How tall you are versus how tall you are in my head is so drastically different. Like That's it's fundamentally the, the like cognitive dissonance. And I've met you in person like several times and you've like, trundled along around me and i don't think of you as being four died yeah it's because i have big hair and a big personality it's my charisma i'm just really charismatic i have the charisma of a much taller person a much taller person who loves that Baldur's gate like i do how how is it true you can like romance a mind flare yes and so i like a little bit of Baldur's gate spoilers I um I got into that romance uh and I was gonna see it through sort of like the sexual aspect of it but then like there's a cutscene that basically like outs you as like a mind flayer fucker to all your companions and I'm like I'm like they can't know like I hate that don't do that to me so I backed out of it. I, I saved scum. I just didn't save and didn't go, I didn't make out with the mind player. Wait, how did you find out about this cutscene? Like, did you experience it or did you look yeah, on I the experienced it. I experienced it. I try not to look after like a disastrous, I used to look up stuff about games all the time. But then when I was playing Fallout 4, I looked up something that I thought was like really innocuous but it ended up spoiling the ending for me. And ever since then, I don't, I, games journalism, it might as well not exist to me. I don't know what's going on at all. I, I cannot read or look or, and when Tears of the Kingdom was coming out, like when all the teasers were, I refused to watch them. I didn't want a single spoiled moment. Um, mm. And that's just how I live my life now. I, I understand. There's certain things I don't want spoiled in this life. Like I didn't. I just watched The Boy and the Heron, and I purposefully didn't like watch any of the trailers um, mm -hmm. or do any of that. I I went in um, as Hayao Miyazaki intended, without any Context. media brainwashing. Except I did wa uh, download the soundtrack beforehand. I figured that oh. was pretty innocuous. Yeah. So I did go in and I was like, oh, I know these songs a little bit. You're not worried about like the song titles being a spoiler? I looked at the song title anyway. It was, they were all generic. Like, okay, it was like, okay. I learned there was a great uncle in the story and I was like, okay, like, sure, that could be a spoiler, but I doubt the existence of a great uncle is going to really ruin my enjoyment of the film. Yeah, yeah. I I get you. I get you. So, going in blind, did you like it? I... It is... And I'll try not to be very spoilery here. The biggest thing that came out of it for me is if you know, like, Hayao Miyazaki's life and you know mm -hmm. that a good portion of the film is autobiographical... That I didn't realize until after I'd like watched it all, and then I made that connection because uh, I've written academically about Hayao Miyazaki, mm. and there was certain um, 
there's certain things that happen in the first five minutes where like I got caught up enough in the story. I didn't really think about them. Uh, mm -hmm. Like there's some major, major events in Miyazaki's life that happened to the main character. But once I got on the other side of it, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so wild. Yeah. The other thing that really hit me is there's, and I I've talked about this with a few people is there's a lot of Mobius stuff in there yes like, uh, mm -hmm. jean jean Giraud mobius uh the big comic artist and um visionary uh illustrator uh, but there's sure a lot of mean morbius morbius yeah you know uh old morbin time old morby uh yeah morbius is airtight garage uh the famous so influential uh le garage hermetique as the French say. Um, there you go. But uh, there was a bunch of cool, which not everyone knows, but Mobius and um, Hayao Miyazaki were really good friends. Um, so much so that uh, Mobius actually named his daughter after Nausicaa. Um, so and cute. if you read the first, like, um, if you read Nausicaa and you've read Mobius's Arzak, uh, which you can find on the internet. Um, <laughs> if you look at them, it's like, oh my gosh, this dude was really like reading Mobius like really extensively. Uh, mm -hmm. But they were really good friends. Um, and if you know Miyazaki, he's a super morbid dude and talks about death all the time. And just seeing the influence of like his um, friend on mm -hmm. like a contemporary work was really beautiful. So I would say The Boy and the Heron, um, I really want to watch it again in theaters. It was very beautiful. The animation was like, there's the most subtle movement in an animated film I think I've ever oh, seen. That sounds like The beautiful. amount of just small movements, not like big, splashy, cool, like crazy things. Uh, but like, there's a scene where they're in like a little, um, rickshaw or like bicycle carriage mm -hmm. and they're just going down the street and i was like my mind was blowing in all the like tiny individual movements that were happening at once that were being drawn by hand oh it my was, gosh yeah and then the like bopping and all that it was awesome that sounds good i honestly i wasn't sure if i was gonna see it but now hearing about like Mobius's influence and the little subtle animations i feel like especially with people like miyazaki you don't hear so much about you just hear like about how morbid he is you don't really see him more like as like a person with friends and like really you hear about like stuff with his son but like extrapolating on his relationships i feel like this is very interesting and is a it's it gives like a different light to me i think yeah I think, and it's something I think about, like, being someone who writes comics for children. Um, mm -hmm. He is a very morbid human. Um, I think he's a very realistic human. Mm -hmm. But I think in all of it, there's a very strong feeling like he wants to prepare children for, like, a harsher reality. Um, and realize he existed through like a harsh like reality in his childhood as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, like 
you know, one of the key events in his life is that his mother died at a very young age. And that's present throughout like the rest of his work. But he wants to prepare children for like a harsher world and like give them the hope to like navigate it. Mm-hmm. That's so. honestly the preparing them for a harsher world and giving them the hope to navigate it. I really feel like that sums up his work really well. Yeah. Good job, Chase. I mean, Van. Gosh, dang that's it. me. My secret identity has been oh, blown no. for the second episode. I, every day I'm out here just like saying whatever I'm not supposed to be saying. So funny. Oh, it is gosh. funny being an artist with a pseudonym that's yeah. like vaguely a name, but also not a name. I feel you. I, I used to go by Kathy all through college and high school. But it's also my mom's name. So in grad school, I switched to Ren. Uh, so it was just easier to understand. And then I dropped my last name for most of the stuff I work on now. Uh, because I'm a little weirdo who is like, oh, I can't have my last name. Like, I don't want to. I want to stand on my own feet. I don't want like my family's accomplishments to like cloud people, even though I don't think anybody in comics knows anybody in my family it's very different circles but i'm scared i want i want to be my own man you're yeah you have some like beast mode people in your family so it would make sense that like yeah that you i and i there's a certain level of wanting to stand apart from my family that's associated in my pseudonym too so yeah i understand we're brothers in arms we're the handshake emoji uh you know what i've been reading a ton of what uh i have been greatly enjoying uh the uh work of one junji ito oh you're so funny. You picked the perfect holiday time to get into Junji Ito. Yes. Uh, as everyone knows, Junji Ito is a Christmas fave. Honestly, all, talking about everyone... like the opposite of Hayao Miyazaki, they often get compared <laughs> as like diametric opposites of each other just because Junji Ito That's is so like funny. such like a happy guy. Yeah. Junji Ito is very much not a happy guy. Well, when you <laughs> like yeah, if you look at his work, <laughs> but if you look like at like a picture of him, he's just got like his cat. He's just like hanging out, living la vida loca. I'm uh, just messaging uh, our guests, making sure that they have the access they need to the stream. But no, I think Gigi, uh, there's that Stephen King quote that's quoted too much by um, dudes you don't want to hear that quote from about like, like how if he didn't write horror stories, he'd be like murdering people or whatever. Um, that's so funny. I've never heard that quote. It's it's very common amongst like edge lords or whatever. But he's like, yeah, if I didn't if I didn't write all these spooky stories. That's so funny. I'd be, I'd be a murderer. I guess I'm not edgy enough. Well, enough Junji Ito talk. We have There's... our special guest. Hello. We have Alex Grodden. I get. 
Alex? I guess is the the big the big question because I know we had technical issues when we were testing. We had so many technical issues. So many. They are hopefully we'll go back and we'll find out that we've been like mumbling this entire episode. Oh no, but... I had to I had the Twitch stream up while you were chatting. Whoa. We just lost our one viewer. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> no, there were at least three when I left. Yo, <laughs> let's fucking go. Yo. And I can hear myself, so <laughs> we out here. We good. That's also, so funny. Hi, I'm Alex Gradens. Uh, you're going to hear these two refer to me as Durs a lot because it's a college nickname and I can't escape it. It's just such Alex like, you're just such like a baby Durs. But we can call you Alex. We can do it. I I can do it. I, can, I don't care. You know. I'm an enigma. I just exist. Red loves the dead name. Don't say that about me. I don't love to dead name. I just love <laughs> to put my foot in my mouth. And by dead naming, he truly just means calling him his real, his first name instead of his pseudonym. I'm not out here causing harm i'm i am joking ren does just like to enter into a a group of people who use their screen names too much and just call them all by their like irl names i can't it's, help it it's hard but Sounds about right. alex interrupted me i was gonna do our <laughs> fabulous intro um <laughs> Sorry. But I'll just say Alex Grodens is a fantastic cartoonist who has had several amazing books come out, including uh, some the excellent book Improv, or excuse me, Improve, which is a book all about improv that I do not like improv, but I really enjoy that book. So Improv <laughs> Trash improve treasure so hey we are on the trash go, podcast so it just fits you should go out and purchase improve wherever fine books are sold but we're not here to talk about improv comedy not today we're here not to talk yet. about scripted comedy romance action drama uh, all those things <laughs> you're being with... very generous right now <laughs> With the franchise Disney's Descendants. Uh, let me quick just pull a... What does Wikipedia describe Disney's Descendants as? So funny. I also have to say, uh, Alex, I see the necklace you're wearing. I'm very aware of this I figured little... it was appropriate for today. You're such a silly, absolutely <laughs> silly, silly um My goofy ass... Uh mal necklace that uh van i think you gave to me like once upon a time i did not are you sure i absolutely did not give you that maybe it was martin I, <laughs> may it could be martin i'm like i know i didn't do it for some so reason like, i thought it was you because you used to send me pictures of disney descendants manga oh i'll do that anytime yeah, any anytime, anytime. Uh, anytime. this is how uh, wikipedia.org en english wikipedia.org uh, uh, describes Disney's Descendants Descendants is an American musical fantasy action or uh, adventure comedy television film directed and choreographed by Kenny Ortega the film mm -hmm. stars Dove Cameron Sophia Carson 
Boo Boo Stewart and Cameron Boyce as the teenage children of Maleficent, the evil queen, Jafar, and Cruella respectively. Uh, the film follows these teenagers adjusting to life outside their island prison while on a mission to steal the fairy godmother's wand and free their parents from captivity. And then we have two more exciting films off after that, uh, continuing to exploit the franchise. So in your expert opinion, <laughs> Alex, why, why should everyone dig through the trash to uh, enjoy this piece of media? I feel like Disney Descendants is a good watch if you want to end with a lot of questions. Uh, for example, Dopey's son is in it. Who had sex with Dopey? Who, why does he have a son? Why is, uh, you know, like, why is Jay, Jafar's son, acting more like Aladdin? Is it like a weird, like, uh, circle of irony type of thing? Is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Um, why did they cast Kristen Chenoweth as Maleficent? I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, I love whenever, I think this is the third time that Kristen Chenoweth has played Dove Cameron's mom. In That's so funny. Um, what? I, I support, they're perfect together. I'm still a bit salty that Ariana Grande got Glinda in the Wicked movie instead of Dove Cameron when I feel mm. like they were clearly setting up like a legacy type of thing. Um, Her voice like, isn't yeah. high enough. Excuse me. Sorry, I, that was a very like rapid response. Like, <laughs> so funny. But I have, was like, like, nope, no Dove Cameron stands in this house. I have no like pull in the Dove Cameron race, but I'm just like, she, she seems she seems chill. She's queer. She's she has great. a Love wonderful her. perfume. A lovely perfume. It smells I mean, that's so good. Speaking of queer, uh, the vibes of literally every villain kid in this movie give off so incredibly gay. I love it. Um, the fashion, the colors, they up the saturation even more in the third movie, which like oh, I'm in love with. Yeah. Because if you've seen High School Musical 2, it is like the blues in that are insane. It, think of like maybe like a tiny step down from that. But mm. I always complain about just how gray and boring movies are these days and then finally something weird like disney descendants comes in with their like crazy costumes everything mal wears i'm like i wish i could wear that i wish i could so own funny. that that looks i'm as hell. glad you don't and don't own it girl please <laughs> don't don't do it don't do it don't say that i never said i could pull it off if i could maybe. no it's it's i'll just stick with the necklace Truly, even Dove Cameron can't pull it up. My biggest gripe with these kinds of Disney movies, like like Descendants or that one that I always get the zombies movies confused yes. with Disney Descendants. I did force you to watch that movie. You did. And I think I also forced you to watch Descendants, but both are yeah. very strange in different ways. Both did both are crimes. Crimes to my brain. Mind crimes. But I have so much beef with their costuming. Because it's like, they're like, oh, what if we just put them in, like, Technicolor rags? And I'm like, yeah. that, is that it? Is that really it? Is that the span of our creativity here? Like, please, come on. I was going to say, I was actually going to touch on the weird, like, like in the third movie, um, spoilers, <laughs> I guess if anyone's going to watch this, uh, we get to meet Hades, who is apparently 
Mal's dad again raises the question: How did Maleficent and Hades get together? They never That's say. So Where? This, how... Okay. Anyway, this was amazing. He's dressed as like a biker man. He's like pre pre musical Beetlejuice in a sense. He's rockabilly. So it makes no sense to the rockabilly. It is. I haven't rockabilly. heard that in such a long time. So that many of the villain phrase. kids on the aisle dress in rags. They're just like you, you heathens. We send you to the slums, the prisons. Like it is. It is so strange. I I could just talk about the aisle specifically for like an hour because we have the implications. Um, glossed over the fact that one of the major components of this film franchise is that all the good guys live in this magical kingdom and they have exiled all the bad guys to a small island with no resources mm -hmm. uh which makes it a bizarre disney exploration of apartheid states yeah uh, which is very very difficult especially in the year of our lord 2023 yeah there our consciousness has been raised quite a bit about like global apartheid states outside the norms of western thought or within the norms of western thought and to have a disney film series for teens with lots of dancing yes. and very poor um social like understanding of deeper yeah. issues um, it definitely fits into like i feel like the latest decom genre of like fantasy racism with disney yes. where they're like we want to show that this bad but like with with zombies it's all about like oh like we don't want the zombies to be near us because they're gonna eat us and it's all about microaggressions and stupid things like that um uh, not that stupid in, in the sense of like the way they go about it is mm -hmm. like I see what you're trying to go for uh, kiddos but it's it's really it's really a little bit insensitive. it's just not working um and it was very interesting watching um because I rewatched the trilogy as well as the weird animated marriage special that came out during the COVID times um like this past weekend to catch up and i will say i did not do it on disney plus because boycott in that thing right now um i did it in other manners uh mm. but the third one came out in 2019 which was like right at the end of like the trump presidency and it was just like the ending is all about them literally like opening the gate like letting Basically being um, like, no borders, yeah! So it was very much, like, I remember watching it at the time being like, this is, like, barely tongue-in-cheek. Like, I feel like, again, it's the closest I think Disney Channel will get to being political. It, like, mm -hmm. in, like, a, a very, like, specific lens. Um, but it was, it was just very, like, jarring to watch it again. Because I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, wow, this is very on the nose and watching it again i i completely forgot till i got to the end and i was like oh yeah that was that time uh so it's it's very strange how it ages i guess yeah it makes me think Kenny about Ortega. the 9 11 special oh. what? <laughs> after, what after 9 11 um after 9 11 disney did all these like little vignette like videos with their most popular 
stars talking about oh the like commercial bumper ones yeah yes 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 i thought you were talking like full episodes of things oh no that was also very fast that they could do that yeah it was crazy turnaround they don't really Um, do that anymore yeah i was about to say like imagine in character cameos talking about like the apartheid state of the villain aisle i'm like it's so weird it's so like i kind of also feel like disney with descendants is trying to have its cake and eat it too where they're like oh Mm -hmm. we're gonna have this like politically youthful and forward messaging of like open borders and whatever but also like be like very conservative in the background you know what i mean they're also keeping it very black and white in the sense of like they the amount of times they say good and evil it's like when duncan rumba wow i butchered that duncan rumba says hope and despair it just loses all meaning by the time you are done with the series um it's just they're not explaining what it means to be good or what it means to be evil. I guess technically they do in the first one when they're like, evil means you want to steal candy from a baby and good means, I don't know. I don't know if they actually explain it. They're like, return money that you find on the ground. Uh, just just like, in these very basic, like, exactly. out, like very base level. It, it would have been so much more interesting and compelling if they, like, explored... Like, oh, yeah, these people, because they kind of do, I if I remember correctly, with uh, Ben's, Ben, who is the son of Beauty and the Beast, his ex-girlfriend before Mal, she yes. was, like, one of the good guys, uh, but then, as it turns out, she wasn't so good after all. Yeah, it's very interesting that they're like, we are actively going to make the children of our beloved iconic characters, and we're going to make them real pieces of shit. We're going to make them bratty. Exactly! And it's Boom. like, are you sure that's good for your brand? Is this what you really want? Um, so, I think and- that is one of the major elements of Disney's Descendants, is that like quality of just like, what would happen if we got to see these characters babies and what if they grew up and they were teens like that monster high um after high like that whole like Mm -hmm. and it really is like the the one thing i just uh, went to a production of like into the woods um which i love that musical i love sondheim i know into the woods is like one of his most basic works but it's also the most like relatable and fun uh but Mm -hmm. the one thing about like into the woods is it makes sense that like all these grim fairy tales like that are embedded into each other within the collective like consciousness are all like existing simultaneously with Mm -hmm. disney's descendants you have not the real like not the real like fairy tale characters you have the weird disney versions all overlapping mm-hmm. and also you all have of to their consider, kingdoms yeah they're all from are, like, different right on top of each other too. and also yeah. also mm-hmm. you have to assume all of the disney characters had sex at the exact same time for everyone to be in high school it's so weird are. it reminds me of like a a high school like rp 
and where you have Absolutely. all these characters for such a long time and all these impossible like weird badly written things are happening and then they have kids and then all the kids are doing the weird stuff and this highly specific relatable thing oh no i relate to that i've done that that's maybe that's why i like disney descendants I like so i like I like it in, you know, the trash way, where you're like, you just need that little guilty pleasure. Um, Nothing's better than a little guilty pleasure. Yeah. And I do, I did realize, I think the only reason I really fell off it for a while is because the, the third one is just like really, it was really hard to watch more than once because that it came out like right after Cameron Boyce had like passed away. Yeah. Because um, he, I, can't remember i think he had like a seizure at night yeah once. i believe so um and it was just it's it's just it's such a i don't want to say it's such a bummer because i don't want to be like oh i can't watch this movie anymore because this kid died um but, but i mean i get it i get you it grow attached to him and like mm -hmm. especially if you watched him on disney channel like in jesse and like all that like you watched him grow up and watching, I think watching these movies again was really nice because, like, I you can tell he's having a blast. Like, this isn't just like a paycheck for him. Like, he's mm -hmm. it, during the dance scenes, he is like he looks like the happiest out of everybody there. Oh, and I'm just so like, funny. oh, he's he's really having a good time. And they kind of do his character dirty a lot in the sense of like, in the last two, they're like, we're gonna uh, pair him with fairy godmother's daughter and that's gonna be his thing also the dog he he gets this is another thing i need to touch on carlos it feels like he falls in love with the dog in the first i do movie, remember that where he's like mother you cannot you can't i think he's great dogs are wonderful actually and i'm just like this boy is a furry at first i was like he and uh, jay are just very like homoerotic in the way they're constantly wrestling um they love but then the dog it. comes into the picture and it's like oh okay carlos what is happening here um and then in the second movie they're like oh and now the dog's gonna talk and he's bobby moynihan and i'm like you know what good for bobby to get that disney check again after ducktales but it's it's like fart jokes and stuff that you don't need and again with like the the disney always needing like the wacky animal sidekick and it's like we were doing fine in the first movie without him um sorry i'm like yelling this is how yo um, i love it Truly but, so like at least in the first movie it's like okay like he's he's fighting against like his mother constantly being the big thing for him and her is her always being like avoid the dogs dogs are evil not like, oh, I'm going to be bad to my son. It's just like, don't trust dogs. Very strange. But like come like second, I, third movie, they're like, oh, uh, he's really wants to be with Jane, uh, the fairy godmother's daughter. And they're just like, you know, like very adorable. That's just his oomphy. I do And I mean, you know, love, me and my arrow ace ass, I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. Let's get to the, again, the surrealness of Cruella de Vil from like, what time period is Cruella Deville from? Like, she's very much coded as this, like, like yeah, this kind of like turn of the century, like 1910s, 20s character, just mm -hmm. hanging out like in the same world as like Beauty and the Beast, and in like the same Jafar. time period 
as Mulan. Like, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel like falls into that same void as Once Upon a Time. Like, Ren, I know you and I watched that oh, in college. Oh, a lot. don't even, do oh. not even get me started on Once Upon a Time. I will That's not talk about that loser orphan. I cannot stand her. Well, the thing is, at least with Once Upon a Time, they have like the overarching thing of like, oh, it's a storybook like world and everyone is in the same town because the fantasy world got mixed with reality for mm -hmm. uh, convoluted reasons um so that it's like at least tries to explain it uh disney descendants they're like no these are all our properties and just you know don't think about it don't think about it too hard too too hard don't think about it too hard especially yeah. when you Think about this land of Oridon, how geographically close all of these little Disney worlds would have to be in order to all send their kids yes. to the same prep school. Obviously, like in the real world, like rich people send their kids all over the world to like Switzerland or whatever. Yes. But the idea of like, I don't know all these people from like very different geographic regions like in our very real world all coming together and speaking the same california english like mm -hmm. totally yes. baffles Magic. my brain until Magic, they man. until they do an accent that's way going overboard boy um, governor i'm just <laughs> a spot of evil tea where was oh mcfreakin we had beauty and the beast why was ben not french Honestly, uh, that would have been way, mm -hmm. like, I think more fun, even if the accents yes. would have been bad, but it just would be way more fun. It, it, and I, I get it. We're not the target audience. Like, yada, yada, oh, yada. Oh, I've always put that in your pocket. Audience. What are you talking about? So funny. Just put it in your pocket. I'm decomposed um, till I die, baby. You're such a funny uh, but little But I'm glad we Alex. brought up Ben, and I'm glad we brought up the geography of Oridon, because I have a lot of questions on that too. Um, I completely forgot when it, first of all, first movie, we open up on what looks like, you know, like the storytelling book of like, oh, we're going to open the book and tell you a tale. It opens and it's an iPad because <laughs> now we also have modern technology <laughs> in this world. That's not what I'm getting at, but what? it is, it, this is how it starts. And while they're doing this, while they're like showing us on the iPad what, what this world is, the, the narration from Dove Cameron talks about the United States of Oridon. It's not just Pardon? one world. Oh. It is oh. McFreakin' USA. But there is a king. It is a kingdom. You cannot be the United States. But this also is, be a okay. kingdom with a prince. And not only with a prince, but the king and queen, Belle and the Beast, are still alive. And they're still like, we're going to make the prince king now. We're going to have his coronation. His first thing to do is he wants to bring the kids from the aisle over. With, like, no explanation. I feel like we could have had a really cool backstory with Ben where mm -hmm. like he had this fascination with them, but it's just like yeah. it's just wrong. It's wrong for them to be over there. Um and I also want to emphasize this is like a 16-year-old boy about to become king. Not only that, oh, oh we lost fans. Looks like we lost oh, We had a little okay. streaming glitch. Whoop. But Ooh. I was yelling too much at all. I'll just um, 
if anyone needs an academic read about some of the topics that we're discussing, that's really good. Um, Christian J. Warner is a really good academic on the topic of plastic representation, which is this very like post Obama era, like whereas like the Clinton administration, like in the rise of multiculturalism in the nineties had this like very much like we are the world energy like post like the obama administration there's this mm -hmm. very like strong idea of like colorblind casting to the point yes. that it like erases culture and that it erases like yes. ethnic identities like and, and this is that... like no you sorry you yeah. your your note first yeah the was... like colorblind casting could be a very like valuable like thing in like certain performances and like breaks down certain barriers for like a lot of performers but there's also the very like strange um racial politics of like how disney loves to colorblind cast especially to sing like virtue signal or like mm -hmm. do what it does I, i'm sorry to interrupt my dog is freaking out i don't know if you can hear him Icky. he's been you know giving his input and his input is, uh, I've decided even though we went out and did our business, uh, I have to go do it again right now. So I'll, okay. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, if we, we still talk. Do you want, okay. The screen yeah, is gone. Yeah, we'll, we'll just hide, hide Ren's screen. Yeah, okay. no, Ren um, can step away. I was going to elaborate on that because I'm glad you brought it up because one of the things that's so weird to me in this movie is that Aubrey, the daughter of Sleeping Beauty, her grandma is there at one point, and she's like the mom, the queen, who is like also under the sleep spell along with the whole kingdom. And she is black, and Aubrey is biracial, I think. Um, and it's just very weird come third movie where they are like, I don't trust these Isle kids, these these others. It's, it's just very like, Again, the fantasy racism is always very strange when it's clearly like an oppressed group being the oppressor for like this like very generic um, group of people. Uh, I think it's something you see in things like Detroit Become Human a lot where like there will be more marginalized folks who are against the robots. Uh, and it's also mm. with, um, they even do it in Disney Zombies. Uh, which is like, I get it, but the colorblind casting really makes it like less believable in the sense of like, I feel like they would have more of like a, not a reason to like trust them, but like they, they would be coming from like a similar perspective. And that's not to say like marginalized groups are always on the same page with one another. Um, but it's just very weird seeing them put in the oppressor like perspective. Um, Hello. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, but yeah, so on the one hand, it's like cool that you're you're branching out like the depiction of these like iconic characters. But in like instances like that, it's like maybe don't have her be the character that's being like, I don't trust these these people outside the border. Um, it's kind of it's very weird, very strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like a, to just say her name one more time, Christian J. Warner is a very excellent academic um, and has often talked about the interesting dynamics of 
criticizing um, progressive like tactics um, and progressive in air quotes because they're being utilized by these giant corporations that then try to turn the argument on actual like organizers and activists when they like call this stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. Just and I think some people I think she called out the Black Panther movie on something and people really didn't like that. Uh, but she is a very uh, intelligent woman with okay. very good theory. Nice. We should we should ask her to talk Disney descendants. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, what are her Disney descendants thoughts? Please. Can we have I would love to know. Um, I would love for someone to break Disney descendants down from an academic perspective. It would be I a am gift. 100 a there. Uh, but it's just yeah, it's bizarre. And it's also bizarre treasured trash. On that same note of like the legacy characters, so many of the kids introduce themselves as like, I'm so-and-so's kid. And it's like, can you imagine <laughs> going to school and being like, hi, I'm Adrian's daughter. Uh, so you funny. know, Adrian. Oh yeah, Adrian. You know, my mom. I will say, as someone who grew up in a small town, that is something you do very the united states of oregon where there's so <laughs> kingdom i'm like what are so i'm so confused also, about this beauty and the beast why do they get to be the top kingdom yeah you i'm know? like what is it because they're scared that beast is gonna hulk out and like kill them otherwise <laughs> like is this is he like this a weapon these are the questions that linger in my mind and in my heart also, to go back to the, uh, this is a 16-year-old boy, I assume we are making king. There is a line in his song when, this is also a thing we need to touch on, where Mal basically, like, magics him into loving her. Like, essentially drugging yes! him through a cookie spell. Um, but anyway, he sings a song on the, the game field, post-game. Where he's like, I love you, Mal. My love for you is ridiculous. There is a line where he says, I would give my kingdom for just one kiss. I I wanna I wanna be the person in this world who's like running the conspiracy theory podcast where I'm like, if he would give his kingdom for just one kiss, can we really trust him as our ruler? This Truly. boy this boy who's would get gonna a give it to and sell us to the enemy. It's exactly like, and also he just says this out loud to all these people it's like you are about to become king this is not good that's it's so just, funny i love how up in arms you are i love I, you're I've ready thinking about this all weekend it is just <laughs> one of the reasons i got really into the series is because i watched the first one and it was so insane that like my sister came home to visit like a few like maybe like a week later even like days after and i mm -hmm. explained the entire movie to her like for 20 minutes straight yelling just so about fun. like scene by scene because i was just like it's so ridiculous like, I, I don't mean to get so hyped up about it, but it's just so bizarre. I don't know. No, I mean, you're right. Like, truly, if we're thinking from, like, a socioeconomic standpoint, putting this 16-year-old who is, like, we know that Mal's mother has ne negative and evil intentions, and he is, like, going to give his kingdom to Mal for a little smooch-a-rooney, 
and she's going to give it to her mom because she loves her mom. Like, and also think about like the little evil Islander kids. They all just want their parents to be free. Like, think about that. And like, to love them. That's the yes. One of they the want... reasons they do what they do is because they're like, I just want them to love me for. They just once. want. Hug. They want their parents to be parents to them. There is the scene when they are reliable. making the cookies where Lonnie. Also, Mulan's daughter's name is Lonnie. I'm sorry. Can you get any like? They it's lazy. No work it's lazy. Exactly. Um, but she's like, you know, you gotta add chocolate chips to the cookies, and they're like, what's that? And they're like, she's like, you know, didn't your mom when you were sad? Didn't she ever just like make you chocolate chip cookies? You know, like they have a little treat, just like a little thing because she loves you. And they're like, I can't relate. And she thinks it's so sad that she cries. Honestly, <laughs> the batter, funny. which is an ingredient they needed for the spell. And I'm just like, it's just so strange to be like the the thing that nails down, oh, they're their villain parents is they mm-hmm. did not bake you chocolate chip cookies. So and it's funny. like, wow, that's so sad. Oh my god. I I think one of the like best things about a piece of trash is like at a certain brain level, like if you turn off the brain a little bit, it goes down smooth. But as mm. soon as like you're higher, like more evolved than like a fish brain like comes on board. Like, what do they call that post-Cambrian brain? I don't know. I'm yeah, not something a, like that. But I just, but like, once that like comes online, it's like, oh, this this does not go down smooth. This is not the like four loco like the four loco. <laughs> so funny. This this yeah, it is like a four loco where like the more you turn off your brain and the more like less engaged you get, the smoother it goes down. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just always amazed, like, how did these movies get made without, like... Truly. Did no one bring up these concerns? Also, Um, like... Maybe that's the storyteller in me. Uh, True. I definitely could see that being it. Like, I think we, because our duties and our job are so, like, to craft stories in, like, meaningful ways and in ways that we enjoy and think that can reach others, it's so much better than, like, something that is mass produced that is just supposed to make money but sorry circling back like far back i just thought about like all the villains and their various villainous deeds and like crow the vil yeah okay she's a villain she just wanted to kill a bunch of dogs but like she's on the same level as like jafar who like wanted to mind control people and like just basically everybody else yeah everybody else is like i want to become king or god and then crow deville is like i want to make a bunch of dogs into coats like it's it also raises the questions of like so many of those villains die at the end of their movies yeah what the truth does it just is this an alternate universe type of is thing? Is this is it is a it, multiverse theory thing? That is maybe? what I'm thinking. It of. also you also have to like envision like when did they have these kids? Like for some of these villains who are older than others, it's like they when did they meet 
their person and uh, procreate and this well, child was see, made. You see, Alex, when a mommy loves a daddy, <laughs> they, they lay an egg and it just stays in spaces. <laughs> they lay a Disney, a Mickey Mouse shaped egg. Exactly. Um, it's a, so Imagine funny. that so coming funny. out of your ass. Okay, here's a little game. Are you too familiar with the works of Kenny Ortega, director of... Uh, I know he did High School Musical. Did he also do Newsies? Okay, here's... So, Kenny Ortega did not start in, like, traditional, like, directorial rules, uh, roles. Uh, Kenny Ortega started as a choreographer. Mm -hmm. um, And was the choreographer for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dirty Dancing. Wow, Um, cool. Yeah, very accomplished. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire, Pretty in Pink. Like, accomplished choreography credits. Uh, directed, here we go. Let's see. Uh, Newsies, Hocus Pocus. Oh, okay. The High School Musical series, um, including mm-hmm. number three. Uh, also, the Cheetah Girls mm-hmm. uh, was... Starting with the Cheetah, uh, it was the Cheetah Girls too. Uh, was a director on several episodes of the Gilmore Girls. Interesting. And, I hate that show. I do. Um, I don't like the way they talk. Choreographer for many Michael Jackson world tours, which I don't wow. talk about Michael Jackson. Uh, the, the, that's a hard role for me. The Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, Best of Both Worlds tour. I and saw that tour when I was in high school slash middle school. I need to emphasize. What did you think of I the choreography? There. I loved it. I was there <laughs> primarily for the Jonas Brothers, but it was, I, I had a blast. It was a great time. I don't remember anything about the dancing, but I remember being like, wow. So he must have done a good job. That's so funny. That's Thanks, so Kenny. Thanks for making my childhood. And I think this is a very important credit. The Rocky Horror Picture Show Let's Do the Time Warp Again TV special. That's so funny, huh? One of the biggest queer train wrecks. Like, in, in, in my opinion, one of the worst, like, queer media train wrecks in television history um, was under his guidance. And you know... But also, like... A property that was like, like sugar coated and like, like buffed out every wrinkle. Like that's what one of the major issues was with that like readaptation of Rocky Horror. And then to know that like that smoothing mm-hmm. like filter, like, like knowing that that's a specific filter. The like smooth choreography, the like turn your brain off story components like all those things that was just applied like all over this this franchise and it made them tons of money like their goal was to make a ton of money and they got a ton of money out of it yeah so good job somebody's money they got you know there's there's this very necklace i didn't buy this i need to emphasize this was a gift (laughs) Okay. okay i believe you but I mean, hey, Kenny Ortega was the one who invented we're all in this together, which everybody <laughs> I know knows. So you know what? It's a win. 
So, when so funny. Ortega. Not you. you. Know the, the choreography? Oh, I don't know goodness. the choreography at all. All that. you need to know is... Da, na, 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 da, na, I, I don't need to know. Elbows, Might be elbows, clap, elbows, elbows. I don't care about the rest. That's all you need. It's important. That's so funny. High School Musical That's could be an so entire... Funny. An entire different episode. I've I'm chock full of trash, fellas. We'll have to have you back. There's also so much like gonna... Yeah. Just there's so much I could oh. still say about descendants. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know what our time Ren, limit is. Add to the notes that we need to do an entire episode about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Let's do the time warp again. Uh TV we'll television film. So funny. And by yeah. your notes, I mean I'm adding it to my notes. <laughs> so funny i'm like yeah okay that's so funny i i think like i've only seen the rocky horror picture show once and it was like at one of those events at a movie theater Uh where they like make fun of you and stuff uh but i didn't know it was going to be like that and i was just like i were you there for that i can't remember i I don't think yeah i don't think you were i know you did it as part of an ra event Call yeah, I went and everybody was dressed all sexy, and I was like, "I'm just a little guy. I, I'm a little guy." It's very funny hey. to have you go with like no inkling of like what. Yeah, I had. No I mean, idea. to I be like, fair, a movie. I only went to my first uh, Rocky Horror thing uh, when I went to BCAF in October this year. Van oh. organized a whole group of us to go, which was oh. really fun. It was like a. Uh, it was, it was at a gay bar, right? Super fun. Yeah, it was at the the balcony here in Boise, um, and to yeah, I took a little contingent from um, Boise Comic Arts Festival. The cartoonists had come into town. I organized a little contingent to take them over and showed them a, a the beautiful, amazing local drag Boise has to offer. It was wonderful. I really did enjoy it. Um, I but was at I, AMC Theater. <laughs> I was gonna say I had talked to my sister beforehand because she's gone to those because she was like really into Rocky Horror like mm-hmm. end of high school early college and she was like if they ask if you're a virgin don't say anything because <laughs> apparently there's like a whole thing with it yeah, like there's is, just so many is. things associated with which is also funny because I remember when we went in Boise like they gave you a list of like when this happens do this and I felt like I was like unprepared Crossing for a there. test I was like oh next time we have to do this. oh get the bubbles get the freaking bubbles um this is very chaotic uh i felt like i do love nightmares where you're in school for a test and you're like i didn't study so funny i definitely thought but but in like a fun way yeah yeah i love that there's a continuum of like rocky horror people who like are on one end and they can like recite like the entire like there's a callback for almost every line of the film and then you get just people who come in and they're like what's this movie about right i i went like it was it truly i remember being so like how do how did i never hear of this movie at all ever before like 2014 or something like that my favorite fact to share is the guy who plays riffraff who i think also wrote the musical voices the dad on phineas and ferb and that is the funniest thing to me the connection <laughs> that dad he's so like he's like i like to do this he's 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 very just he's very laid back and like 
boring man. And meanwhile, you look at Riff Raff and he's like, I'm from the space planet. <laughs> it's just the like complete end of the spectrum. The dichotomy of, this, of man. Like, this range. And I'm like, I love this dude. I, I want to be both of these people. <laughs> My one, okay. Closing thoughts on Disney's Descendants. The, the biggest unanswered question I have is what has happened to all the animal sidekicks? Um, oh no, because they they are gone. Like, there's a few that like pop up, but like mm-hmm. Ariel, where's Flounder? Like, yeah, you would Sebastian? think there'd be more like singing where's... birds or something in Oregon, <laughs> yeah. or like little critters. Like, they mention them, but they don't show them, which is I'm, I mean, like, these, really I guess out. the only animal i would expect to still be alive would be that little monkey from aladdin and also the parrot <laughs> from aladdin uh because only aladdin only aladdin animal only aladdin because my little my little rapunzel friend Love well parrots guy. live forever they live like a super long time and so do monkeys um, the other thing mm-hmm. is that um within like that continuum There is a continuum in Disney of animal to human entities. Um, And we never encounter the part animal people. Like, yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, we got something in chat. I mean, to be fair, in the third movie, and they build this up like in each movie, like you think he's going to go beast, but he doesn't yet. But Ben finally has Mm -hmm. like a beast form briefly. In the third movie. And it's supposed to be like like magic, like Aubrey being evil. That's a whole other plot we did not talk about, which is bizarre. Mm -hmm. Um, but he he does he does go beast mode, and I'm it's like, this is what we've been waiting for, SpongeBob voice. Um and but it's it's very funny in the fact that the two movies before that where they kind of like hint at it, he doesn't transform, but there are so many moments of him just going, but no CGI, no nothing. So it's just this dude like, ah! Just um, hulking out. He just sounds like so a huge pump from he's, the gym. He's, just, he's got not even anger issues. He'd just be yelling. Um, and we didn't even talk yelling. about Uma. We didn't talk about uh, Captain Hook's son, who is like- Oh, don't even get me started on Uma. That's the only thing I her. even 2% First remember up, from what's this What's your name? I will listen to outside the soundtrack. It goes That off. song does go Also- hard. One of the best lines in it, uh, coming from Harry Hook, which also hate that his name is Harry, so strange, is, you know what they say, bad guys have all the fun, never learned how to count because I'm number one. That's (laughs) so funny. That's the funniest line to me, and it's like, you tell him, you tell him, boy. It's so stupid, but also, like, genius. Honestly, get him, get him, get him. Like I said, I could write essays upon essays about disney descendants and we're only talking about the movies we didn't talk about the one like animated mm. marriage special we didn't talk mm. about uh, uh wait Wicked who gets World, married in the marriage like, special it's mal and ben um oh. which is also strange because they get together in the first movie and then all the movies after that it's very like building up to like we're gonna get married and it's like y'all are children i you know i have to be say. dealing with this they need to. If you weren't out. at Oridon Prep, maybe like we could let it slide, but it's it's just very strange that they had this pressure on them. It should um, be Oridon University. Then yeah, 
or non-graduate school. Um, but yeah, there's also like there's or non-postdoc. postdoc. I have to say I'm mad jealous because Cat Fajardo. Uh, I'm sorry if I said that last name wrong, Cat. Um, mm-hmm. But they got to illustrate the graphic novel version of the Isle of oh. the Lost book, and I am so jealous. That's I wish so cool. that were me. Disney, hire me to draw your decoms that I will absolutely shit on, but with passion and love. Um, so so there's there's so much more to sentence stuff. There, this it could be a whole deep dive, but the movies movies are the starting point. First movie mm. at least. You gotta watch it. It's you it's honestly it. Criterion Cinema. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's it it really it's up there. It just like as truly like Drew said, as much as we passionately show on it, it is such a fun watch when you turn your brain off. And I think yelling about I didn't it say is that. a fun part. <laughs> I, that's why I said I that's why I said uh, <laughs> Alex said it. Van. You know, uh, that look. does remind me though, there was a time we were watching the first movie. I think when I first showed it to you, Ren, mm-hmm. there's a part where like Prince Chad Charming, who is uh, Cinderella and Prince Charming's son, they're playing mm-hmm. like croquet. It's like this big, like pre coronation, like lawn okay. day. Just um, like in Heather's. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Um, but like somebody, I think like Mal or somebody kicks him or something. And later he's like using a croquet mallet as like a cane. And I remember like <laughs> noticing that and being like, that's a choice. Um, but so the more you watch it, the more you see these these weird little tidbits that either make sense or don't or just fun to watch. Yeah, um, exactly. But I love yelling at the TV. I love being like, what are you doing? Why? This makes no sense. Um, that's the fun part for me. Uh, so. And also you love making your like friends said, watching and yelling. Yes, I love to torture my friends with these children movies. It's so fun. It keeps us youthful. It keeps us looking like babies. So, Alex, final final judgment. Do you consider Disney's descendants trash or treasure? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like the way I talk about it, it should be trash, but I treasure it. I feel like there's people I've talked to about it before in the sense of like, it's just like, it's when you're like united on that, what the hell is going on? Like mm-hmm. type of like vibe. Uh, that's when it's it just makes for a fun viewing experience. So I think it's, I think it's a treasure. Yeah. Your faces are making it sound like it. you do not agree. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I think it's, you know, it's like, you're at uh, a flea market and you find a box and it smells all musty and weird, but then you open it and then there's like a mint condition, like Pokemon Game Boy Advance cartridge. And you're like, oh my God, if I didn't open this stinky box, I wouldn't have found this cartridge. And so it's like totally like, it's a, it's good. You have to like, wade through the trash of it you have to wade through mal like poisoning a man to love her to get oh, yeah we did not talk about the cookie drugging like enough but no it's yeah the whole thing and you have to yeah you have to get through all of the ugly uh outfits and stuff to get to that delicious center of uh just unbelievable nonsense 
Very I much mixed together like two you? metaphors. That metaphor. That didn't make any sense, was... but I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> you know, the gooey center of a Game Boy cartridge. <laughs> the gooey center of the flea market find. Always exactly. could so, um, My pronouncement is that is absolute trash. It is everything I hate in giant corporate media. Um, the regurgitation of culture to the extent that it could be used to market not to the original audience, but the great grandchildren of the original audience um, in the way that it's a cultural mythology is absolutely disgusting to me. But have I watched all of those films at least twice, sometimes thrice? thrice. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. It's a good answer. I have an end question, but I want Ren to do oh. the Trash or Treasure first. Oh, I did my Trash or Treasure. I, um, so, I think I saw you had the You had the very long-winded metaphor. Yeah, my <laughs> metaphor. It was the goop well, my... and the Game Boy cartridge. Yeah, exactly. The goopy Game Boy. Um, my end question for y'all is if you could be, if you could be in Disney Descendants, whose child would you want to be? Yo, who's villain? Uh, good person, animal sidekick. I don't know. I for sure. And you can pair like two random folks. I mean, like Maleficent and Hades got together. So. Ooh. Okay. Uh, uh, Van, do you want to go or do you want me to go? You go. Okay. So it would definitely be the lady villain from the daughter of the lady villain from uh, Atlantis. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Hot. Of course. She's so hot. Um, Why and... didn't we even bring Atlantis or anything like that into the mix? We've been focusing right. <laughs> on the prince and the princesses. Honestly, honestly. But this is where it gets tricky. And then Hercules. So I'm like, oh, am I good or am I bad? Am I good or am I bad? I just don't How know. It cannot be. Exactly. Movie. Wow. Um. I would be the um, child, collective adopted child of every um, Disney gay couple that doesn't get any lines or is incidentally in the background. They're giant Katamari ball size polycule <laughs> of just all these incidental like yes. queer characters um, who are like the non-binary blob from elemental and the um the gays with the dog from that one saccharin short isn't there like um, a gay police officer in onward also like yeah blob? yeah all of just the polycule of of queers disney queers all at once just their adopted like twink that they found on the twink! street <laughs> Um, when, I am the adopted son of the, just like lists off so many people. Everyone's like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> just which begs just the this, question: Who are just the other 18... children at Oridon? Oh, they're the just... kids or whatever. Yeah. Know. Oh, how do we know if they're good or bad? I change it. I want to. I also maybe I'm Gaston's kid. Maybe, maybe Gaston has a kid in the second movie. His name is Gil. He's with the pirates. I don't know why. I it take makes it back. No sense. You can as be, long as I get his, uh, sibling. I'm happy. 
No. You want to be Gaston's partner. I, I want to have, I don't want to be his partner. Oh my God, no way. House and Superior are the mother only. of one of the kids. So funny. Uh, uh, Alex, you missed it. We talked about Baldur's Gate 3 earlier. I was here. I was lurking. Oh, you were lurking. Oh, so you heard, you saw Mind the flying. show Van um, Halsen, Love of My Life, Light of My Life, Heart of My Heart, Bear of My Cave, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I got totally rejected. But Gaston <laughs> is like the poor man's Halsen. I love Halsen. So uh, you're Halsen's the uh, Wonderbread Halsen. Yeah. Say Halsen's kid. No, you want to romance Halsen. Never mind. Yeah, I don't I'm, want to be his I'm kid. Crossing my wires here. Oh, oh, oh no. Alex crossed her wires and disappeared into the ether. <laughs> oh, so, you are done. Sorry. That's oh, so funny. You never told us who you'd be the child of. Oh, that's yeah. A good question. I here's the thing, man. Once upon a time, I drew I drew this. I I said uh Rapunzel and Flynn's kid. Uh, then they'd be artsy uh, but also that also feels like a cop out because I was like I want to do the drawing um, I don't know I, I, I'm going through like my Rolodex of like villains and heroes and all that um, I, I think I might just the thing is I, the, the villain kids make you want to be bad you make you want to be cool but I think I would just end up being like hi I'm just a good, I'm just a good old kid I don't want to, I just want to draw and not cause trouble. And that's fine. Hey, that's a worthy life goal to draw and not cause trouble. Even though you admitted crime earlier, you crime doer. Evil. Is it a crime if I'm just not doing graffiti? Evil corporation. Yes. We know you the definition got the of Blu-rays. the law. Oh yeah, the Blu-rays. I forgot about that. <laughs> You went to Best Buy and you you already had the Blu-rays. Yeah, the Blu-rays. I thought you said the blue race. I was like, Navi? (laughs) So funny, both. They're at Oradot. They are owned by Disney now. Exactly. Oh. Oh. Oh god. Can you imagine if Descendants came out like around the time that Disney was buying all that IP? Do you know what I just thought? Descendants Star Wars. Oh, oh yeah, Marvel, that's just Star, Star Wars. Wars. That's exactly. Star Wars. Okay, yeah. we should we should wrap it up. I, I I'm sorry. I, I gotta stop saying things. I'm I'm oh, I also just want to show uh the audience that I took like copious notes while rewatching <laughs> this weekend of what I wanted to If talk we had about. if we were a podcast that had show notes, we would uh post them in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> The first thing I looked but, down um, and I said, Ben down bad from the start. And if so that funny. ain't the truth. Oh, Ben. Down oh. catastrophic. Alex, is Ta-da. there anything you'd like to promote besides your uh, Disney, your love of Disney IP? Um, uh, I don't really have anything new to promote. You can always find me at Toonie Balloonie. Uh, that's T-O-O-N-Y B-A-L-L-O-O-N-Y on most social media the Twitter, whatever it's called now, the Instagram. I'm on the blue sky, the Tumblr. Um, hear me yell more about decoms and other trash. Uh, just into the void, not into a, a podcast, just yelling. And if, if uh, you have thoughts on those also, hit me up because I love, I love talking that. Because 
These two will not talk with me about them. They just roast it immediately. <laughs> I'll talk to I'll talk with you. You play Minecraft and I will talk to you. I'm not gonna play Minecraft. Well, I, well, I you play Minecraft. I've watched you play I, Minecraft. Yeah. I've never heard blue sky said out loud, and in my Sorry. brain it's always been blue ski. Honestly, it's blue ski. Blue sky. <laughs> I'm on bsky.app these B-sky. days. Bsky.app. And uh, my dear Durs Alex, is this correct? At Toonie Balloonie, the ticker? That's the one. Yay. Oh, I gotta do the... Click the link above. Click watch the video. It's not a link, but you this can click it. This is the closest it. I'm ever going to be to doing like a YouTube video end card. So click funny. the link below. <laughs> There's another video to watch. Like and subscribe. What's up, guys? Welcome to... What's up, everybody? So funny. So funny. I should have done that at the beginning when I entered. Too late. You're, you would have, I would have disconnected you immediately. Yeah, we have the option After to After all the you. advertising I did for this. I know. You've been a real like, one. Hi. You're a real well, one. You, you did more than me. Thank you for having me on this. I had a blast. I'm very Yay. happy I got to yell. I'm very happy I got to uh, hang with my butts. Thanks for coming. Trash Pals. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, Threads, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, Threads is a work in progress, mostly because every time I go on there, I'm barraged with so many bad opinions. Um, I don't know how to navigate it. Uh, Our Facebook is all linked up. So, um, and after Ren edits this episode, this is the first one that's worked properly. Uh, we'll have a yes. better idea of our podcast and YouTube video uploading scheduling so we can let you know when to consistently tune in. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me at, at ren.psd on Instagram and Van Notes on Instagram at, at Van Notes. Uh, and you can also find his graphic novel. Sorry, my my teleprompter went away. A little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> A little behind the curtain. It's just been technical stuff all day. But uh, you can buy, oh, sorry, Instagram at Van Notes Books. You can buy Van Notes latest books from Scholastic, Piggy Official Graphic Novel. And why is this freaking out? Sorry, my Streamlabs is like, hey, now that we're ending, we're going to, we're just not going to work right now. Um, anyway. But go ahead. I'll also uh, make an exclusive announcement that there will be an upcoming electronic zine called Seasonal Produce coming out monthly starting Ooh. in January. It's so secret. Um, Ren and Alex didn't even know it was coming yeah. along. But we we can talk about that some other time. Uh, what's most important is shouting out our unofficial advertisers. These are companies that have not paid us any money um, in order to support them, but we believe in them so much, um, much like the Payette County uh, landfill, that we want to make sure that they get some support. So we would like to know that we are not brought to you by DeviantArt. DeviantArt is your place to post and view high-quality images of femboys, furries, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's fan art, which crosses over those two camps. Uh, when you post on DeviantArt, you're not only supporting a mom and pop gallery website, you're supporting the proud and the brave devoted to keeping the original spirit of the internet alive. Uh, use discount code YOURTRASHPALS. Uh, you can just put that in the uh, 
comments of whatever uh, paragraph you're putting underneath your nice little pictures. Uh, and you probably won't get any incentive for doing so. Uh, but you'll know in your heart you're supporting your trash pals. And uh, as always, remember to reduce, reuse, reuse and, and recycle. recycle. Yay. Thanks Yay. for coming, everybody. Good night.